0: Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, I'm helping you navigate your sex, dating, and relationship questions. Topics include what not to say during Dirty Talk, how to pleasure the prostate, rules for sexy role playing, what to do about premature ejaculation, and how to have better orgasms during intercourse. All this and more. Thanks for listening. I've been traveling a lot lately, and I gotta say, it's hard to leave the comforts of my home behind my amazing bed, my coffee maker, my magic wand. Well, I mean, I used to miss that. Now I just pack my magic wand rechargeable instead. The magic wand has been the best selling massage wand in the world for over 30 years. It's so iconic. Cosmo recently dubbed it the little black dress of vibrators, something every woman needs. And here's why. The magic wand is the sure thing. It delivers powerful orgasms and many times multiple orgasms, whether you're alone or with a partner. Now, the mind-blowing power of the original Magic Wand is available in a cordless version. The Magic Wand Rechargeable is the perfect companion at home or on the road. Now is your chance to become part of the Magic Wand family. Just go to MagicWanOriginal.com or click the banner on my website today. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them. In You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, go to sexwithemily.com, where you can do so many amazing things on the website. Do you guys know that we update it every day with blogs and posts and videos and fun things for you? You can also easily subscribe and review me um, on iTunes, which I love you guys. I do appreciate the time it takes to review the show. It really does help you do that. We love it. And like I said, when you're there on the site, you can subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. We do two a week and you can also subscribe to the newsletter. Follow me on all social media, which is a good time at Sex with Emily on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all those fun places that you're wasting your time and distracted from things. That's what I do too. I get it. But at least you could like watch it and, uh, you know, get some sex education and some laughs along the way. You guys are awesome, and um, thank you so much for emailing us, and we're going to be getting to your emails. And remember, you can also, when you send your emails, you can also call in, you guys. Call into the show. Check that box. You can text me. We'll get into all that later. But I need to talk to you about some things going on here in the world. So Scarlett Johansson apparently is so over this type of shaming, okay? So when it comes to women's health and sexuality, she tells it like it is. And she says, we're having a sex positive moment right now, but there's too much shaming going on. And she says, when women talk about enjoying sex, it's forbidden. Just like having a healthy sexual attitude, you're labeled as loose and wild and a slut. And the minute you start about enjoying yourself, being curious, it's still taboo. And I thought about this and I'm like, okay, Scar Jo, that's awesome. You can, she's quoted because she's, anytime a celebrity talks about sex, it's like front page news. And you know what? I like it. I'm like, good for you. If that's going to get people to read it and to feel like, you know what? There is still taboo. And I'm going to talk about how much I enjoy sex. I'm happy. So if it takes that, if it takes this, I'm fine with that. But it is true, you guys, that that no matter how much we talk about it, it is changing. There has been a shift. You know, change doesn't happen overnight. But I feel like the more that we all talk about sex and then we talk about pleasure you know especially women and we talk about enjoying sex without apologies that the world is going to be a better place I mean I think it's it's really interesting that you know even today I got a press request and I get these requests you know from reporters who want my quotes and for things and she was saying like what's the deal with like women still being like defined by like the number of people they sleep with and I'm like that still happens that they're still like oh You've slept with te- people. First of all, the fact that you guys are still asking each other how many people you've slept with, can you please just stop that now? It is a lose lose situation because that's another place where women, I think, get shamed and get judged that you're asking because I think you want to orient yourself and be like, well, if she's had a lot of partners, I think she's a slut. And if she's not had enough, she's inexperienced. So I think it is another way that, that we want to like define women and kind of understand women's sexuality when really I think the focus should be more on, you know, just the fact that we are sexual beings, we all are men and women, and that we have pleasure and talking about what we want and what we like sexually, it does not make a sexual deviance, you know, that it really, I think that the more that we do it, not just Scarlett Johansson, but everybody talks about what they like and how they enjoy sex. Um, I think that we'll get rid of some of these stigmas. But like back to the number thing, I just want to finish this thought. I used to talk about this all the time, but it hadn't come up until I got this call today is that the reason why it's a lose-lose though, you guys, is because, um, like I said, you're going to get judged either way and I would rather have you turn the conversation to, if your partner says to you, how many people have you slept with? You can just say, you know what, babe? I'm just focused on the amazing sex that we're having right now. And here's something we could do to make it even more fun. And let's talk about how hot the sex was last night. And just don't even answer the question. So all these things that people are trying to label you, just don't even go there. Just say no. In other sex in the news, seven words you should never use when you dirty talk during sex. Now, I'm not going to agree with all these, but I am going to agree with the fact that it's dirty talk can be super hot. And I get a lot of questions about it. Like, what do I say? What don't I say? And I've, I, what shouldn't I say to my partner? And really, it's a case-by-case basis. But... I think it's important to get it down and, and you don't want to piss your partner off and you should always start slow you know start slow and kind of build up to see you know your partner might take it in direction that could really excite you and delight you again there's nothing that's wrong here per se but let's see what let's see how they break this down okay okay here's what they say you shouldn't say tits okay now i think i agree with that. like show me your tits or tit like do people even say that still um says your breasts can be a better term to incorporate into your foreplay rather than tits. God, I didn't want to even read this because I didn't want to say tits, but I keep saying it. Um, it is a little less tasteful to most women. There's also like jugs and twins and watermelon, which I think you probably just say to your guy friend. So don't be like, hey, or bazookas. <laughs> That's another one, right? Hey, bazookas. Uh yeah, I don't think it was. So I think tits is the best. Boobs. I guess you'll say boobs. And you know what? I like breasts. I think breasts are like better than tits, and um, just play around, see how your partner likes it. But don't don't forget them. Don't forget the breasts, you guys. I feel like you just kind of skip right over the breasts, like I always say, and go right for the vagina. Don't say vagina either, but we'll get that in a moment. Okay, number two, come. They say you shouldn't use come. Whispering in her ears that you want to come inside her may not sound that hot. Do not even use ejaculate or spurt. Just erase those words from your vocabulary before you even get laid with her. Just saying, I want to get off. Okay. I don't think whispering in your ears that you want to come inside or made. I don't know. I don't want, I guess you don't want to say, I'm going to ejaculate inside you right now. Well, if you are going to come inside your partner or ejaculate, you need to let your partner know, especially if you're not wearing a condom. I mean, obviously you need to let him know, but I don't have a problem with come at all. You know what I have a problem with? If a guy's like, I want you to, come. if a guy says to me, like, I want you to come. I want you to come. guaranteed I'm not going to. That is a lot of pressure. And we don't like it when you say like, come for me, come for me, because I'm not going to come when you say that. And um, it's just annoying. I find it annoying when guys say it. But for a guy saying that to me, I don't have a problem with this at all. Whatever. Okay, pussy. So, okay, this is calling it vagina can be sexier than calling it pussy. And um, this was like published in the Journal of Sex Research that vagina ranked higher than any other term. And I totally disagree. I was like, let me. And you guys know that I have an issue with with the word vagina. Actually, it's vulva, technically, is the right word for vagina. Like, that's like, as a sexologist, we use the word vulva. I don't love vulva either. And, but I don't think any woman sitting there is like, oh, your vagina is so pretty. I just, I don't know, you guys. It doesn't work. And I I feel like that's sort of, I want to rebrand the vagina. It's kind of one of my missions, just so people feel better about it. not just the name, but everything about the vagina. But I don't think pussy's so bad. I think case by case basis, some women might be offended by it, but, uh, you know, tread lightly, but I don't know. And if you think vagina's hot, that's cool too. Here's the thing, you guys, you know me, I'm sex positive. I'm like, whatever works for you, I'm not going to judge you. Uh, so whatever turns you on is fine. But I think this is just some, some things to think about before you start talking dirty all over the place. Okay. Testicles. Just call your nuts what they are—balls. Steer clear of all the clinical terms like, "Please hold my testicles." You're not a doctor. I don't know. I guess balls is probably the you know family jewels. Like breaking down testicles and saying, you know, "Oh, would you fondle my testicles?" It's like me saying, like, "Would you please um lick my labia majora, my labia minora?" I mean, I don't think we have to get that specific. So balls is fine, and I think pussy's fine. I'm coming around to it. Okay, magic stick. I don't know that anybody's ever used the term magic magic stick, but I guess you're not supposed to use it. Do away with magic stick. Call it penis. No woman in the world is going to take you seriously if you're like, can you roll this condom onto my magic stick? It's like you think you're some kind of superhero. I didn't even know that was a thing. Speaking of magic sticks, I'm wondering, I feel like it's split between guys if you want, during Dirty Talk, if you want a woman to say cock or... Dick, I feel like dick is coming back, and they're like, "Suck my guys." Are-. I'm just noticing that that it's more dick than cock, and I always thought it was cock. So, actually, you guys, I need to hear from you. So, you can tweet me, follow me on social media, you can email me. But um, I feel like dick is making a comeback where it used to be cock. That's just what I think, and I want to hear from you. Okay, eat out it says this is don't ever say I want to eat you out. I agree. Don't say I want to you out. You could say I want to taste you. I-, I agree with that. Um, Baby, I want to taste you, or you taste so good, or I want to go down and you, but like eat you out just like makes me not hungry and um makes me just want you to leave. I guess so. Women are more comfortable, I think, with their lady parts and they're more game for oral sex. You know, we love oral sex. If you're like, I want to eat you out, like you can. No, I mean, I guess if you're describing to your partner, like your guy friends, you're like I ate her out. But I don't even know, people say that anymore. I think that has gone the way of um magic stick <laughs> and your magic carpet. Um, you can eat her out on your magic carpet. Okay, ass. This I don't agree with either. Don't make the mistake of calling her booty ass. Just call it butt. Like I like your butt. I mean, butt's okay, but I think ass is hot. If he's like, "You have a hot ass," or "Your ass is so hot." I mean, I think that's I think ass is perfectly perfectly fine. Um, it says here you could say fanny. Now, fanny packs are coming back. They are like in fashion sense. Like people are Wearing fanny packs, but no, I wouldn't say fanny. I think ass is fine. But again, you guys, up to you. These are some tips. But let me just tell you that Dirty Talk is here to stay, whether you're like sexting or you're texting or you're sexting selfies, naked selfies, don't show your face, whether you are, what else are people doing? And you're not having phone sex anymore, which I totally think you should, you guys. Phone sex was a good time. But however you're doing it, just, you know, start so with your partner. You don't want to get too raunchy too fast. That's just one of my, always my tips. And we did do a show recently called Top Tips for Talking Dirty, if you want some more tips. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. I'm going to give a shout out to our sponsors now. Thank you for supporting them. And we'll be back. We're going to answer your emails. Thanks for listening. You know what's better than hot, sweaty summer sex? jumping in the shower together and continuing the fun as you clean up. I know what you're thinking. Shower sex sounds good in theory, but you need the balance of an Olympic gymnast to get the job done. Wrong. My friends at Sports Sheets have solved everything with their sex in the shower collection. I'm obsessed. It all starts with their suction mount handles, foot rests, and restraints. You just suction them to your shower wall and you hang on. No more acrobatics, no more crashing on the floor. While you're in there, grab Sports Sheets Waterproof Massager or my absolute favorite, the Vibrating Mesh Sponge. Yep, it's like your normal loofah, but has a vibrator tucked into it. Can you say genius? It is so cool. To see all this and more, check out the Sex in the Shower line at sportsheetscom Emily or click on the Sports Sheets banner on my site. Okay, now we're on to your emails if you have a question you want me to answer on the show. That's amazing. You can just go to sexualemily.com, click on the Ask Emily tab. Ask away, you guys. Ask away. You can also click on the call button because that means that we will give you a call or you'll call us and I'll answer your questions. It's going to be a good time. And now you can also text me your questions. Just text Ask Emily, which is one word, Ask Emily to 797979. How easy is that? So easy. And then you get the actual same form that you get on the website and you fill it out. Send me your questions. I change your life. You have great sex. It's all amazing. You can also leave me a voicemail, 818-ASK-SWE1, 818-275-7931. And as always, I love it when you include um, your gender, your age, where you live, and how you listen to the show. Okay. Hi, Emily. I discovered your podcast a couple months ago, and I've been listening ever since. I love your advice and think it's great how sex positive you are. I'm reaching out because I recently started dating guys after thinking I was 100% straight all my life. I've been seeing the same guy for a while now and the sex is great. Even though I've never been with a guy before, everything came naturally to me. Our connection's great, we're both into the same things and I'm just so happy to have discovered this part of who I am. We're both very into anal play and have very erogenous butts. However, neither of us have been able to figure out how to unleash our full pleasure potentially by tapping into our prostates. What do you recommend we do to unleash this hidden pleasure spot? Are there toys? Are there techniques? Thanks, Patrick29, Minnesota. Okay, Patrick, this is awesome. I'm so glad that you have found some pleasure in a male partner. And um, you know what? It, we never really know. You're right. Our sexuality can be fluid, right? For men and for women. So here's the thing about your erogenous butts. A lot of us have erogenous butts, especially for men, you guys. Here's the thing that this is also for a lot of straight guys listening I've talked a lot about men looking for, it's kind of like, I was going to say milking the prostate, because that is what some people call it. But the prostate massage and the prostate can have, it's like the male G-spot. There are guys who think, oh, it'll, it's going to make me gay if someone plays my prostate and all that stuff. But I got to tell you that it could feel amazing. And there's a lot of straight men and gay men who derive a lot of pleasure from it. So this advice can be for any guy who wants to go searching for their prostate. So Patrick, I haven't done this in a while. So for you, I love your question. I'm going to break it down, you guys. This is how you can find your prostate. You ready? The most important thing is that you remember that the skin around the anus, but the butt, God, there's no great words for any of the genitalia. I don't love vagina. I don't love penis is fine. Ugh, pussy, I'm not going to say that. Okay, anus. Okay, I'll be like the doctor. No, seriously, the, the area on the anus is very sensitive, you guys. It is. It can tear. It can rip you. You want to make sure that you're, you've are you trimmed nails, clean hands. Very, very important. You also, you guys, lube. I don't think I've mentioned lube yet. Wow, we're already like a few minutes in. No, you guys, lube is very important. You have to use lube. And you want to warm up first, okay? So a lot of what I'm going to tell you right now about finding the prostate is, is very much, it's similar to women searching for their G-spot. So it really helps to like warm each other up first. So foreplay, kissing, teasing, you can like massage his butt and you can tease around his anus, like around the opening. In fact, the nerve endings around there are super sensitive. So make sure that, you know, he's a little bit turned on because the prostate actually swells when aroused and it can be accessed. (laughs) The prostate can be accessed in two ways. So you can actually access it externally through the perineum, which is that little area between the scrotum and your anus. And your partner can achieve orgasm just by applying pressure to that area or the taint, you know, for women, anyone who's with a guy, like if you're giving a blowjob, you're having sex and you reach down, and you put some pressure on there, that is actually indirectly stimulating the prostate. Don't know if you knew that little fun fact. And that can feel amazing. But I think what we're talking about is internally, like how do you get in there and how do you find it? So the prostate is located like two inches below the rectum towards the scrotum. So picture this, you insert a finger or two fingers if you're feeling comfortable, but I always say start with one finger and lots and lots of lube. And once you put your finger in there, you might feel, if it's aroused already, it's easier to find a chestnut-sized ball. And what you do is you move your fingers in that come hither motion again, the same way you kind of find the G spot, the come hither motion towards the navel. Okay. So your this this motion is towards the navel and you can stimulate the prostate to the point of orgasm. Now, this is not gonna happen perhaps the first time. You might just wanna like explore either on your own or you know, you can both kind of find your own prostates. It could be like a prostate date, or you can do it for each other. But again, it's going to take some practice, like it's like a lot of women don't find their G-spot on the first go round. This might take some time, but it's actually fun looking for the prostate. You stimulate it that way. When it's aroused, put the fingers inside. And some things that can help you also find it is do your kegels, you guys. Kegel exercises are for men and for women. And the stronger, stronger those muscles are, the more easy you'll also be able to locate it. And I have to mention besides lube, that breath is the most important thing because typically when we're going, this is for anyone doing anything anal, (laughs) anal sex related, anal play is that we tend to clench up our butt cheeks when we're nervous, you know, the whole um, sphincter like, oh, something's going in there. And that is when things get painful. So your breath is so, so important here. So make sure that you're breathing, you're going slow and you're exploring. Now, you also asked about toys, which is amazing because there are so many great toys right now for this kind of stimulation. You know that I love WeVibe. They have a new toy. It's called the Verge, and it's just for men. It's the perennium stimulation, and it can be like a warm up. So it's sensitive. You put your penis in there and you put your balls inside, and it rests like perfectly in that spot. And that can also stimulate your prostate. It's amazing. Then there's also the Ditto, which is a brand new WeVibe toy. It's an anal play toy. It's really small and comfortable, and it's a great prostate toy and has separate remote for the controls, which makes it easy to use. And also there's the Vibratex Black Pearl, which is also a great toy. It's small, it's strong, made specifically for the prostate. So we actually have a review, I think a new review on the website of the Black Pearl. You can check it out. So, wow. Okay, Patrick, there you go. That's a lot of information for you there. I want to know how it goes. Good luck. Go slow and have some fun. Another email here. Hey, Emily, I've been listening for a really long time, but I've never contacted you before. You've opened up my life to so many things and I can't thank you enough. I'm finally sending in a question. My boyfriend sometimes has difficulty keeping an erection and he almost always has an orgasm quickly when we do have intercourse. With that said, he's amazing, attentive lover, and he always makes sure I have multiple orgasms. With premature ejaculation, I've heard that edge play can help. When we've tried, he loses his erection completely. My next step is to try Permescent, but is there anything else we can try? Thank you, Denise, 44, California. Okay, Denise, premature ejaculation. So here's the deal. Yes, edging can help, but he's got to do some of this practice on his own. And when I talk about edging, that's when it's basically an exercise for men to recognize there to to get a handle on their ejaculatory control. So he would masturbate. And when he's masturbating, he would stop when he's about to ejaculate, he'd recognize that point of no return, as we call it. And then he, you know, slow down his breath, and then he'd start to escalate again. And then he would edge towards the point of orgasm and then bring it back down. And that's really a process. And it can take months for guys to keep practicing and doing it. And when you stop, you're not no longer to have this skill built up. So it's an ongoing process, but it's totally worth it and it absolutely works. And you're saying it didn't work during intercourse because he doesn't have the practice in place. So that's one thing. Also doing Kegel exercises. Again, you guys, I have an app called Kegel Camp. You could download it. Uh, He can remember to do them every day, men and women that can also help him with ejaculatory control. Okay. Fleshlight also has a stamina training unit, the STU. It's like law and order uh, (laughs) STU. Special training unit. Um, no, but really the stamina training unit. The stamina training unit is awesome. The Fleshlight has one that's specifically made for working with premature ejaculation. Um, so, yeah, that's what that's what you got to do. It's really those exercises. And and you guys, quickly absorbing delay spray that allows, you know, really it, he can last twice as long. And it doesn't transfer to your partner. And, you know, why not try it? But it is a practice. And he's going to have to keep doing it, Denise. And you can have, you can do it with a mutual masturbation. You can help him out. But he's going to have to start moving along. And I love that he's giving you multiple orgasms. Hey, Emily, I love the podcast. I listen to a new episode every day. I now have my wife listening to And it's done wonders for our relationship. Thank you. Recently, my wife brought up the idea of role-playing. Her idea from the movie Four Christmases is to pick her up at a bar. Can you share any pointers you have for role playing? Do's and don'ts, etc. I'm open to any advice or any other ideas for role playing. Thanks for all that you do. Best, Brady, 30, Utah. Hey, Brady. I'm so glad that you guys are listening to the show. I think it's awesome that you guys couples are listening to the show together because it's just, um, I think it really does help you guys. And it's easier to say. Well, Emily said, "Whatever works." Okay, I love the idea of role playing at the bar. I'm telling you, this is a great thing to do, you guys. And it's like you go in and you're like sexy strangers at the bar. You pretend that it's the first time that you meet. And the reason why this works, and I know you're like, oh, that'd be weird. I already know my partner. Hear me out. Because first of all, a lot of you email that it's no longer exciting. You no longer have that same novelty and newness that you had at the beginning of the relationship. That happens in all relationships. But how great if you could recreate that like newness of not knowing each other. So I love the like, and that's an easy place to start because you don't have to buy any like costumes and dress up. You just like literally meet at a bar at a certain time and you show up, you come up with a different name, Brady, you know, whatever, like your alter ego is. And she'll come up with her own, you know, a different name for herself. And you just show up and you just start talking to her like, hey, you know, Barbara or whatever. You can ask her what her name is. And then you start talking to her. And here's what, here's my do's and don'ts. Ready? Ready? don't worry if you laugh or if it seems awkward or you're like, this is stupid because you will think that you will have a moment where you're like, Oh, it's funny. But what you got to stay in, you got to stay in character. You know, it's like you guys be like, okay, this is funny, but let's keep going. And you're going to get over that uncomfortable awkwardness and you're going to be like, Oh my God, that was really, really hot. I promise you. Because again, anytime you're trying something new in any field, you know, especially something sexually, it's going to be awkward and uncomfortable, but it doesn't matter because I'm telling you what this is going to give you is like some kind of new found excitement that you guys can bring into your relationship with role playing. Like you literally take on the persona of somebody else. And also with this particular case that you guys are channeling your like that newness when you met and all that excitement and creating different personalities. And then you can like take her home, you know, and have like a one night stand with your wife. So I think it's awesome. I think you should do it. So my don'ts are don't give up. Don't worry about laughing. And my do's are just do it. Like really do it. Just do it. Don't overthink it. Like next time you go out, just say, let's do that game tonight. I think that we overthink things and we plan it. You'll never do it. So I'm just telling you, I know that this works. I have several friends, couples, longtime partners, relationships that have told me that it was like the best night and it was so fun. So go for it. I love that you guys are doing this. Hey, Emily, I love the show. I just want to mention that I've been listening for a few years and it's totally helped me understand that my preferences are normal. I'm bisexual and grew up in a homophobic area. and I'm pretty sure I'm poly as well. I had a serious relationship for three years in a closed triad. Threesomes are hot when it's an ongoing thing. Could you mention types of poly relationships on your show? One of my friends requested that I ask you this question. I think others can learn from this too. P.S. Say hi to menace for me. Thanks, Augustine. Okay, Augustine, I think it's great that you're asking about polyamorous relationships because I feel like this has been, people are just kind of looking at monogamy going, really? Is that my only option? And I think we're seeing more and more people kind of experimenting it. We're seeing more like shows and movies and just people are talking about it. So I think that's cool. Okay, so in polyamorous relationships, I think the one that's the most common is that when you have a primary partner, and then you each have like secondary partners, or you can have third partners, but you have your primary relationship, perhaps it's a person that you live with, and that you love and your go to partner, you know, your emergency contact, but you both sleep with other people. And these can all be organized in different ways. You know, maybe you want to hear everything about your partner's other lovers, or maybe you don't, but there's definitely rules and there's definitely very specific boundaries and guidelines that people follow. And people are like, wait, but how could you do that? Like, I don't understand. I'd be so jealous. But there is something called compersion, you guys. And this is what I think that a lot of people, it's hard to wrap your head around, that that's like a state of happiness and joy that you experience when you're. When your current or former romantic partner experiences happiness and joy through another lover, you know, and and not, not you, not yourself. People are like, what? That really happens? Like you really cannot be jealous and you can really just be happy for them having joy? Yeah, you can. And you can actually learn to kind of transcend jealousy. I mean, you still experience it on some levels, but you can also go beyond it then there's like an open relationship. And so like an open relationship, so let's think of it this way though, polyambry is kind of an umbrella term, right? And all these things are underneath it. So an open relationship is when like, you can be with your partner, you have a, you know, your romantic relationship and you can choose to have other romantic relationships in addition to their own, but you might not, you know, it might just be like you hook up with another couple or it's kind of more sporadic. And again, you guys, it's really hard to say like, this is how everybody in an open relationship defines it, but it's not necessarily, um, the same thing as polyamory because, for example, I know couples who wouldn't say they're polyamorous, but they have some nights where they go out to play parties and they might find a really hot chick and have a threesome, or they might hook up with another couple, but they're not, they would never say they're polyamorous because they don't have ongoing relationships. There's also polycule. Polycule is, is a little more complex. It's like an interconnected relationship where the primaries and the secondaries, may or may not be linked. So your secondary partner might be with their secondary partner and um, it's like a whole polycule, monocule. Okay, then there's polyfidelity and that's where all the partners are primary to the other partners and it's kind of like they're having group sex and it's only but it's only shared within the group so the only way you can add other partners to this is if everybody agrees and i don't know if you guys sit around and vote on it i don't know how it works i've never been in a poly fidelity relationship so that's just some ways you guys that i could go on and on and on but there's some other uh versions of it another thing i want to talk about is being solo poly So you can be like single. It's kind of like single poly. I can be a single and I could be dating multiple people and sleeping with several people, but I'm not, I don't have a primary partner. I'm just on my own sleeping with other people and letting them know that I'm dating around, which is what I think a lot of people are doing right now, but they're not necessarily talking about it because they're afraid they'll be judged or whatever. But I think it's great to be honest and open that you are seeing other people when you are indeed doing that. Okay, so Augustine, that was an awesome question. I think that was really helpful for people because I think this whole new world is can be confusing for people. But remember, you get to figure out and define it however you want to. Hi, Emily. I've been dating my amazing boyfriend for about a year now, and I'm very happy. He's the first partner I've ever had that was able to get me to come during intercourse and truly makes the effort for me to come. It does take a lot to get me to the point of orgasm. Right tempo, mindset, clitoral stimuli, believe me, it's nice when I occasionally do reach it, but my orgasm has never been as intense as my masturbation orgasm. I'd like for sex to be engaging, fun, and somewhat rough, but that kind of stuff throws off what I need to orgasm. I get a bit jealous seeing my boyfriend feel so good, and I'm frustrated because I want to reach that point of intensity. Either you have to sacrifice an orgasm for good sex or sacrifice good fun sex for a mediocre orgasm. Any advice? Thanks, Katie, 22, Ohio. Okay, Katie, this is an awesome question because I think that a lot of people can relate to the fact that like they can masturbate. It's the sure thing. It feels awesome. No one's watching you. Nobody's like looking at what you're doing and your orgasm face and you can get off how you want to. And it's amazing. And then you have a partner and you're like, why can't I orgasm with my partner? And I think that you know, you know if you've been listening that only 30% of women can actually have orgasms during intercourse with their partner. Um, and so for women to, and that means it's just with uh, stimul- uh, PV, penis, vaginal stimulation. So the thing is, Katie, is that what I would recommend that you do is you don't have to trade off any of these. You can, you can still have rough, fun, you know, engaging sex and have your orgasm. But what you need to do is I would like let your partner know what really turns you on during masturbation. So what are you doing during masturbation? You're saying it's mindset and tempo and clitoral stimuli. I'm thinking that might mean that you're using a toy um, to stimulate your clitoris because that's the reason why most women can't have orgasms during intercourse because they're not getting enough clitoral stimulation. So if you are using a toy or your fingers on your clitoris, I would say, can you engage in that? Can you use that during this rough sex? I mean, he could like tie you up and then, you know, hold a vibrator to your clitoris or go down on you and work with you on your mindset and and work with you in the tempo. You know, maybe I always recommend mutual masturbation. It's like one of my favorite things for couples to do like that and like vacation sex. Because mutual masturbation is an excellent learning tool because you're watching each other. You could be masturbating, he's masturbating, he's watching how you get off. He knows how to do it. And then he could take his hand and show him where you want to be touched. So, really, this is just a point of you guys like literally coming together and then maybe coming together so he can like learn the process with you. But I don't want you to think that you can go, that you need to give up one for the other. You just have to learn how to bring it together. Okay. So Katie, let me know how that goes. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. This was awesome. I have so much fun, you guys. I love my job because of you. So thank you, everybody. And please check out all the podcasts. You guys know that the website has tons of podcasts, sexwithemily.com slash podcast to find our entire show archive because this is 12 years podcasts up there and they're not all available on iTunes. We also have our store, Shop With Emily and sexwithemily.com. A lot of the great things I talk about are available there thank you for telling your friends about the show and for following me on social media which is all at sex with emily thank you to my amazing team ken producer lark and jamie and michael and thanks everyone for listening was it good for you email me feedback at sexwithemily.com. Looking back, a lot of things changed my life last year, but the biggest impact came from using my intensity as part of my Kegel exercise routine. I've been doing it for over a year now and the results blew my mind. It is so easy and satisfying to use. It does your Kegel exercises for you automatically. I just lay back and let it do its thing. Besides no longer worrying about accidentally peeing when I sneeze or cough or laugh or send a text, I have kegels of steel and my orgasms are stronger and more intense than ever. The intensity looks like a rabbit vibrator, but it has two pads on the shaft that deliver gentle electrostimulation directly to the pelvic floor muscles, essentially performing an extremely effective kegel workout. When the creators noticed that the only reported side effect of the intensity was an intense orgasm, they added pulsations and an external stimulator, turning the intensity into an incredible vibrator kegel exerciser hybrid i could go on about the intensity or you can watch the video review i made just click on the intensity banner on my website or visit pormoi.com slash emily that's p-o-u-r-m-o-i dot com slash emily to learn more today